Hey, hey, it's Craig here from Flying Vinyl, and this week I want to introduce you all to Maria Torres, who, if you don't know her, is a young music manager and gig promoter from Bristol. Uh, we sent her to have a chat with Brighton's very own D-Mob Happy about their new album, Holy Doom, which is out now. Testing, hey, one, hey, two. testing hey, one, two, three. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, now, Hello. testing. Yeah, it's very clear. Is that all right? Hello. Yeah? Yeah, that's nice. nice. Cool. Good distance, good distance. Um, I feel good about this. So, yeah. I feel good about this interview. So you've taken quite a while since 2015 with the first album. So how have you developed creatively with the new album and you know sonically as well? We always kept working throughout six, like 2016, 17 and stuff. It was you know we were doing festivals and we were writing and things like that. But it was um, kind of like more exterior forces were imposing like a, a slower, slower sort of release for the next album. We just wanted to like write and get stuff out there but there are you know there are reasonable reasons why you, you can't do that and you've got to like you know take your time and write and stuff and, mm-hmm. and develop it and make sure that you're growing and things like that so we were we were a little bit sort of frustrated like we wanted to keep going you know but just the way things, things don't always go that way you know I think the songs themselves are we'd say a bit more singular and kind of like you get the there's the message encapsulated in one uh, saying more with less saying more like, with, yeah, yeah. saying more with less yeah because mm-hmm. the first album a lot of the songs were like they were they were quite like you'd be in one section and you'd be like whoa here's here's another bit we're yeah. there <laughs> so I think and I think, that's just because we're prog rockers at heart you know? <laughs> yeah. we exactly. just had we just decided we're constantly we, yeah. reeling stuff back from where yeah. it starts yeah I mean yeah. we can get away now with doing like three songs in one as opposed to five you know <laughs> yeah. I mean? but I so, think, yeah we, we knew a lot more what we wanted to do with this record sound wise and yeah, it's kind of the record we wanted to make forever really yeah, yeah for sure obviously yeah. had a rough after the album came out in 2015 had a busy slash stormy 2016 um and then by 2017 we were putting all the songs together to do this one and it I, we changed as people so the music changed too you know, yeah in terms yeah. of i think it is like the album that we always kind of wanted to put together it's having the sort of um the ability and like the the knowledge of what that is i think sometimes because you know it didn't what all, you want what you want knowing yourself and knowing what you want to make and what you what you have to make like comfortable oh, like, maybe like we, we knew what you want but it's being able to articulate it yeah exactly yeah deep down in you but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had, to, had to figure it out you know what that was um, which which takes time you know I'm sure like we'll, what, on the next album we'll probably be like oh yeah this is what we really wanted to do <laughs> yeah. and the one after that we'll be like yeah but <laughs> yeah but listen <laughs> to this album four is how about this really yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so have you noticed like there's a difference in approach when you're like towards this album like in terms of like writing, in terms of recording, or mindset as well, how's that differed for you? I mean, from song to song, it differs. You know, we might bring in a song that could be almost finished, or uh, just a riff, or I could bring in a, a riff, or, or we might write something together in the practice room, or Adam might bring something in. Depends what stage it's at, really. We went we went away as we do and hold ourselves away in a little cottage to write this one, and just wrote as many songs as we could before we had to leave, really, and. Yeah. Some of them were from the ground up, some of them were based on demos or jams we'd had in the past. I mean, what we used to do is just hit the red button and just jam on a riff for a few hours. And then we would, when we Seem, were away. Yeah, for like too long. Yeah, for too <laughs> well. Yeah. We listened back to the, the jams. Without realising. 
And it would just be like we played that riff for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just us laughing. But we were but we were having fun, like yeah. loads yeah. of fun while yeah. doing. Yeah, and then so. like you know, so we do that in the rehearsal room in Brighton. Then we were in the cottage in Wales. We'd maybe go back through some of those jams and see if there's any gold in there that we could. Yeah, it's mine. Sort of, it's like a reduction process. You Making know, a good it's, sauce. it's like distilling it into yeah. like what it really is. Because otherwise, it's just sort of like unfettered like creativity we're just like just pissing around yeah. basically and then we go like is there a song in there let's like try and turn that yeah. two hour jam into three minutes sometimes, yeah. sometimes <laughs> there's not sometimes you'll jam sometimes it for ages not, and no. it's just like it's not working and sometimes yeah sometimes it's easy sometimes it's hard but you get there and you make yeah. a good you, we you, definitely you do a good song we combined a few songs and a few jams that we, I think we had like two or three months apart and then suddenly while we were sort of putting it all together we were like hang on those work together yeah. so we can we can do that that riff yeah. sounds great with that chorus or yeah, that yeah. So, yeah. And there we go we have a song and now that's a song yeah so so was there like a specific criteria when you're like cutting down like you've explained that you've worked on a lot of material yeah. so what was the vision that you were trying to like make at the end of I think the mission statement mm. as we said it's kind of like Beatles in the desert and instead of mm-hmm. on acid on peyote yeah that was the general idea. and I guess that was like the general mission statement but a lot of the songs um, fuzz fuzz, can't, fuzz instead of sitars yeah you know? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I guess I guess a lot of the songs were in a lot of different places and I guess it was about trying to pick the ones that fit that the made best. a hole. Yeah. We made, made a hole. Made the yeah. right album. Yeah. yeah. We, we went away twice last year at the cottage, and like, yeah, the first time was just writing a lot of songs, and the second time was building the album, writing, yeah. writing a few more where there was, we kind of realised there was stuff that we wanted to say that we hadn't in that first set of songs, yeah. and mm-hmm. it became clearer what we wanted to do, what we needed to do. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we, you know, we knew we could have made like five different sort of albums or that's something, it, yeah. but we we decided like, actually, there is this thing that we want to make here. Let's let's choose what works, and you know, it's it's not always about picking the best song. It can be about picking just what's right, you know, like the, the, an album. Because we love like the concept of an album and its ebbs and its flows and things, and we're we're big, you know, we love that. And it's a shame nowadays that I think songs get isolated as much as they do. Because really, like, songs are great together we believe in the album we believe in the album in the form of the album yeah exactly it was one of those things that was like born out of the limitation of like vinyl but actually 45 minutes is like a good length ended up being just an amazing time to sit down and exactly yeah so So just sit down tune in and drop out exactly (laughs) yeah exactly in the words of Timmy Leary so um, (laughs) it's uh, yeah so we believe in that and so we put a lot of effort into making that and so an album needs its ups and its downs and it's you know it's soft moments and it's quiet moments and it's hard moments so that's what we wanted to do that sounds really exciting <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. Love the, like, I love the idea of the concept album have you explained and like the resurgence of vinyl at the moment is exactly, being like yeah. quite a big thing yeah, well, why you do guys you think yeah that. what do you think yeah. about it like what is your opinion on I think the, the, the less and less physical our engagement with music becomes kind of almost the less special it is the more it becomes drifts, disposable the more it drifts into the background I think for instance what you guys are doing is really great because it's kind of you're able to get little nuggets of different sounds and different bands you know and find new stuff and then go and see what they've got to say on a, on a full length and what's quite cool I mean the artwork that we used for 
um, the seven inch we did with you guys, we we wouldn't have probably done that physically otherwise. Yeah. It was really nice to have to have that to hold and for people to be able to see that. Yeah, although there were just a few pixels on a screen beforehand, it. and it was really nice to get them actually yeah. printed. And you have to you have to when you make it you you prepare for like it being. On a, on a record or something, yeah. but I guess you never quite know which way the wind's gonna blow, so you don't know if that's ever gonna happen, but it was, and, it, and really, it, it kind of wasn't until mm. you guys came along. Well, yes, yeah, singles singles being a physical thing, it's just yeah. less, less, you know, unless it's a massive hit, it's gonna be less kind of sought after thing to that's have, thing. So, so it was we, like, we've loved having it. Yeah, having that double A side sort of like that was great, it was mm -hmm. cool, it was so nice to see it printed and have all of that like effort mean something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. interacting with people online who've like really responded to, you know, hadn't heard of us before and they got they got our little Dead Dreamers Be Your Man 7 inch in their pack this month and being like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I want to hear what the full album sounds like, you know, and that's, that's perfect for us, we want to bring people into the family in that way. Yeah, so do you feel like vinyl has such more sentimental value nowadays, like for yeah, people, some, for young fans? Something you can hold, it's tangible, mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can sit there and yeah. it's like, it's, I don't know, bigger than a, a CD, I feel like bigger than an MP3. Well, you're invested in it once you've bought yeah. it, you're like, right, well, yeah. go listen to it now. It's not throw away. I feel like it'll never away. lose its sort of appeal as well, no matter where we go with music, because I just think it's like, you can't deny like album art like that mm -hmm. if it's a good piece of album art and you've got it and it's there and it's like big and it's like something it's like it's a marriage of functionality like it's a physical thing that yeah. you need to put in a machine to play it but also it's a little piece of art that you're yeah and that'll never stop speaking to people I mm -hmm. think so you know it's only ever going to come and go in popularity but yeah. I don't I don't think it's ever going to disappear it I will always people, people missed that through streaming didn't they yeah I think yeah. people are fascinated like I was when I first like knew about vinyl was the fact that just a physical piece of plastic can make sound by just putting a bit of metal over it you know mm. like yeah. talking about the physics of it but and I think when you see those zoomed in microscope photos of a vinyl it looks like a mountain range it's cool yeah but I think I think I guess some people are probably still like wow okay it does this it's not just a file mm. on a computer anymore yeah yeah. So talking about like how sentimental it is, what's like the most valuable vinyl you own or your best record that you have? Um, I recently found out that because when we lived together in Newcastle, we got robbed by our neighbour. Um, that's quite a long story. There was a bit of a war going on there, but um, they took a bunch of stuff, including a bunch of vinyls that were mine. Um, and I thought in that was my dad's original In the Court of the Crimson King by King Crimson. Um, and recently I found it, and I hadn't actually taken it to the flat. You found it was, it? it was at home, yeah, yeah. It was, oh, it was, it was at my dad's house, my bedroom, so he never knew anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. That I thought it was missing, but it's not missing. And that's quite a special vinyl to me. It's just a great album. Yeah, that'll, that'll be worth a bit as well. Yeah. yeah. Great artwork um, and a great album, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have many old vinyls. I've got this Atlantic uh, Soul one which I can't find online, but it's like, it's just full of all the, like the soul classics from the 60s. Soul bangers. Yeah, like um, Booker T and the MGs mm. and Sam and Dave and yeah. And then annoyingly, my version's scratched. So whenever you put on um, some of the songs, it just skips a verse or something. It's got a particular sound to it because it's a vinyl where it like, w 
I love it when they're warped a little bit as mm. well. And you just kind of get like a... A vinyl that is also missing somewhere. I think, I think it might be in Matt's collection. Me and Adam are big fans of Hoagie Carmichael. And I found one of his records, old, an old compilation, um, a few years ago. And that's quite a valuable one to me. Yeah. When I find it one day. So it doesn't sound that valuable to me, but <laughs> a little bit of Hoagie. Wow, amazing. Hopefully you find it. Yeah. Um, so where, in your opinion, is the best place to tour and why, in your experience as a band? We've always loved touring in Europe. Um, yeah. I mean, the UK as well, obviously, but I think in Europe, that I, I think they've got, like, funds for it, but, like, all the venues, they they kind of, like, they feed you. We eat better um, than we eat at home when we're on the road in, like, Germany and stuff, I think. Yeah. So that's um, always nice. Yeah. Um, you feel appreciated. You're the entertainment for the night. Yeah. And the same in the UK as well. Like, when, once you get to stage rap. Um, Pretty big deals, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You get multiple cans of Fosters on a rider. What's the wildest show you've ever played, then? Um, we played a show... Played in, a show in a... Where was it? In Maidstone. Oh, that was pretty nuts. That was pretty nuts. It was just called the Rafters. That venue. Yeah. It was just it was kids tearing the place up. Kids tearing the place up, getting on stage. I was gonna say um, we played a party in Brighton once um, on the top floor of quite an old oh, building. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's um, probably the craziest show. To yeah. Be and just yeah, the room was absolutely rammed, and everyone was out of their heads anyway. But they were just jumping up and down, and then started to kind of notice that my drum kit was m- moving, and then the floor was going up and down, and then. Basically, we tried to get everyone to sit down because the floor had cracked, and apparently the man downstairs in his in his flat was freaking out. And there was a huge crack opening in his ceiling, and I was like, well, "We're gonna die! Everyone's gonna die! This is gonna suck!" And they ended up getting shut down by the police, and the fire brigade came, and the flat got condemned, and all of our equipment got stuck in there. And yeah, it didn't it didn't turn out so well that one, but it was a, but it was fun. It was a fun it was a fun time, and then we it was ended up in the local newspaper. Um, but we were like, it didn't mention our band name, so our singer wrote in pretending to be the man who lived downstairs, explicitly mentioning our band name, saying that their, their rocking songs just like, tore a hole in, in our building, and, and then so we managed to get our, our name in there as well to make sure that we, we were remembered. That's great publicity, though. Any publicity yeah. is good publicity. Yeah, man, back at that stage, we, just, we weren't doing it for that, but you know, whatever you can get out of it and get your name around. Exactly, you've it's got to thing. keep it going. So, like, how important is the live music scene for like indie bands like yourselves nowadays? It's essential, really, because it's hard. It's really hard to actually earn any money through the streaming um, kind of revenue. Yeah, I mean, Spotify give you like pennies for a play. Well, not even that. Like yeah. nowhere near that for yeah. for a play. Um, so, so it's kind of being. It's becoming. Can becoming the bread and butter yeah. of the music industry. Well, I think it almost it was, and then less probably throughout the 90s when everyone was just living it up yeah. and then it's, it's going back to that it's so important but luckily for us we just we love gigging you know it's where we thrive we're definitely an album band we focus on that massively when we're recording and stuff but the whole other side of us is wanting to put on a great show and give someone a memorable experience you know and maybe in a venue that they've been to 20-30 times go and see a show that they'll remember talking about like venues so say like ranging from like intimate venues mm-hmm. to like the bigger ones what do you prefer as a band to play like what's more I mean, we've been we've done the toilet tours for years and we yeah. that has its own things that we love you know yeah I mean the, I guess the intimate venues the, the good thing about them is that when they're packed you're just so close to it it's a bit more crazy it's a bit more off 
off the wall really yeah. but uh, the bigger venues you kind of get to well obviously you get to play to more people but um, you kind of fill the space don't you I, I, yeah. I think our music sounds good in the big stage we've like the more that we've played bigger stages at festivals or or you know supporting bigger bands and stuff you kind of start to realise that actually some of the stuff we're doing is really suited to that to just blasting out of a massive sound system and having the space to swing around and stuff so it's, it's like also really nice we, we love mm. both you know we really do I think I think if we ended up exclusively in stadiums which is obviously inevitable um, we'd probably miss the smaller ones so that was a joke um, but yeah we like both it's <laughs> a long winded answer <laughs> saying we, we like it all like it all. We love everything. Yeah, we um, don't want to play in pubs anymore, though. We're done with that. Yeah. That's finished. <laughs> um, so, which other bands on the scene are your tips for 2018? Like, who are you looking out? Uh, there's a band hmm. called Sir from Bristol that are great. Um, yeah, we've played with them a by two times. very talented women and a really awesome drummer. Um, and they're really cool. Playing some sweet rock and roll. I love Kagool. I think they still need to. Um, have like their proper moment in the sun. The first album is great, and the new stuff they've released so far has been really cool. Taggy Cub, we're big fans of. They've been our friends for years. They're working on their second album at the moment, which I'm really excited for. Hopefully that kicks off this year. Yeah. Yeah, all sorts of these bands that we got into with. Superfood, we've been friends with for a long time. Then second album just came out. Um, Bambino, which is just nuts. So many great ideas on there. We just love to see them keep going up. Yeah, I wish everyone the best. It's a big collective. Do you find like when you play festivals, there's always like another band that you know, like on the bill? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I remember it being in 2000 Trees a few years ago, and it was just the artist tent was just full of our mates, just going fucking nuts. What? What? Was never on wrestling each other. Playing some kind of weird version of ping pong with loads of people, but it ended up being it ended up descending into a mass wrestling fight. Yeah, it was like Something. it was like a big ping pong showdown with two teams, with and multiple bands, m- multiple bands. I think it was didn't it just turn into beer pong? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember. Everyone was squaring up each other <laughs> in, in in the most light-hearted way you can imagine. Yeah, uh, but no, it's it's always fun when you go out and there's people that you know that are there. We're really good friends with um, Yonica, um, who are doing great at the moment. Um, can't wait to hear you know the next stuff that they do but we've kind of lived with them and hung out with them and been out on tour with them as well um, so yeah it's great when you bump into people out there on the road yeah it's a yeah. nice collective where's like the best festival that you've played over the years ooh I loved Secret Garden when we did that that, yeah. was, that was super fun because um, we were like headlining quite a cool stage um, Leeds and Reading Leeds and Reading that, that was kind of like really full circle for us wasn't it because yeah. I haven't gone to Leeds as teenagers going back and playing that a couple of times now was felt really good I'd say the best festival we've probably played would be this small festival in Bulgaria called Meadows in the Mountains so it was just on the oh, so good yeah it was on these like beautiful mountain tops the Rudopi Mountains in southern Bulgaria um, near Polkovnik Serafimovo oh, you remember it mm. remember it well nice town um, and yeah, it was it was just basically just a big party on a mountain top. Yeah, uh, we did a gig on top of a mountain. It was yeah, it was wind blowing through our hair. No Got a bit moment. tripped out and became mountain people for a, for a week or so, and came back changed men. Yeah, fluent as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Did, do you yeah. find like the crowds differ like wherever you go? I mean, that was, I think it was definitely Bulgarian people there, but a lot of the attendees at that festival were flown out. I think they flew out from the UK. Um, but yeah, they do. I feel like in Germany, for instance, people, if they don't like you, they don't watch you. If they do like you, they will, and they'll really show you that. Whereas sometimes, you know, if you end up in like a trendier spot in the UK, People can be quite static sometimes, especially if you're supporting someone else. So they don't want to look, look like they're, they're having not a good sure, time. Yeah, not sure, like looking around, like not sure cool whether to, to break the to ice. dance for these guys, and, yeah. and then afterwards, often they're like, you know, that was an amazing show. Um, but then they weren't, they didn't physically communicate that. Which I guess isn't isn't obligatory. No, but you know, we we do shows in the UK where people go nuts. So they are, yeah, it's different, yeah. but people people like rock music. So talk, people who go yeah. to rock shows like rock music. <laughs> of course they do. Um, so, like, talking about, like, for your fans and stuff, especially, like, in the UK, like, how do you ensure that that fan base just continues to, like, develop with you guys, you know, keep them engaged, um, like, encourage more fans, you know, keep that fan interaction going? I don't know. Steal other people's fans by going on tour with them is always good. Yeah, with, yeah. Supporters, uh, I mean, releasing more music. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's got to be at the heart of it always, you yeah. know. I mean, we, we love to make music we love to write music we just want to get it out I think this Flying Vinyl um, release recently has um, introduced a lot of new people yeah that's been great I know that's, that's one of the real obviously it's it's great for the subscribers to get loads of cool music every month is it every month? yeah, yeah. Every month. also yeah. it's great for the artists to, you know, to reach out to people that maybe haven't heard them before and stuff but yeah I mean, we, use, we use social media a little bit we're not massive on it um but you know we'll keep people up to date on that as well yeah but yeah I guess we're not like aggressively growing fans but we just go out there spread the word do gigs meet people party yeah that's the way it's like Andrew WK party ambassadors (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so talking about like your flying vinyl release this Mm. month um, did like you know like the artwork and everything was that considered you know especially for the release or did you Um, that was art that we'd made in the run up to the album and it was kind of um it was definitely considered as far as the tone of it and the, that there was going to be a central kind of object. So there's a hand on both sides of it holding something else that is symbolic to the song itself. Um, but initially there was no overt plans to no, there release wasn't, it physically. It, it, worked out, it worked out really well that they were back to back, those two covers, those single covers, because they they were so tied in together, visually with the colours that were on there. and um, The hand as and, well. And the, yeah. and the hand being on both sides, yeah, that we'd... Uh, hadn't planned for them to go back to back in that way so that was it turned out really nice and having the see-through green vinyl was pretty awesome too yeah it's yeah. a nice little touch nice Absolutely. to have limited edition yeah, yeah. vinyl yeah. in your hands <laughs> um, so do you have a lot of input in like the creative side of like you know, yeah, the aesthetic, we, we do the it all. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we did all the, the covers ourselves shot them all same with the album cover for Holy Doom the, the new record and same with all the single covers we kind of plan it design it um get our friends in who can use cameras better than we can um, set the scene yeah and we just build it ourselves so the first one with the hands sticking out the soil on Dead Dreamers we built this whole kind of soil platform with a little hole in it where Adam here sat underneath it with his hands sticking through and we dressed the scene and got the lighting right and went, so went, went round the forest collecting ferns <laughs> yeah uh, it's pretty DIY in that way I mean besides making the music we'll do all the all the bits around it as well we're quite particular I guess about how we want it mm-hmm. Down the line, we've talked about 
you know, getting other people involved and stuff. If there's if there's stuff that we want to do that we can't achieve ourselves, we're not we're not, you know, so stubborn as to just not do it. But I think when we have a vision for something and we can achieve it, we like photographs for our album art as well and for our um, single art. So it's kind of the way we've gone so far. But yeah, we just like to do it ourselves. Which is great because yeah. your creative control is like yeah. you going. Um, so what can fans expect from you like in 2018? What, so obviously you've got the album, mm. but like later on in the year, what's your hopes? We're gonna we're, we're already writing. We we always are. Um, yeah, we 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 want to be getting uh, album three on the way pretty soon. Yeah, like, we're definitely gonna be getting writing it. Start. Yeah. Just keep stuff keep stuff moving. Keep fresh. We're really, really excited to get this album out because we're really proud of it. So that's kind of what's at the forefront of our minds at the moment. But, you know, we you start to kind of go around the cycle. We recorded it last year. Um, and we were writing it all last, all early last year. And kind of you have a period where you just, you've done it and you need to exhale for a minute. And then stuff naturally just starts to, you know, you look at a guitar and it becomes appealing to pick up again and you just start kind of writing and we're kind of getting into that process now, I think. Mm. But yeah, more music. Mm. Amazing. Well, yeah. thanks so much for your time. No I'll worries. Thanks for chatting with Thank us. You. Cheers as always for listening. Um, go grab a copy of Holy Doom if you get a chance. It's a great album um, and it's available on vinyl as well. Uh, if you'd like to follow the band, they're at DMobHappy on Twitter and Instagram and Maria's at NYC underscore Broadway. Uh, so go give her a follow and see what she's up to. Um, I'm going to leave you with this one, and it's Dead Dreamers from Debuff. Enjoy. Dead dreamers in a washed up.